So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields, and off here to my left is the breathless Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm good, Rick. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Jean has pulled a little something or okay, muscle difficulties. And, uh, and then we had terrible difficulties getting into the Blog Talk computer tonight, so uh, that's interesting. Um and uh, uh, I'll I'll try to remember when there's uh, folks bouncing in and out of the chat. Uh, I have listened to a couple of shows in the last uh, 24 to 36 hours, and if you use the default player selection underneath the play button, uh, the show should play all the way through for you without skipping out. Um, because I've had some difficulty with it playing for about a minute and then stopping and playing for about a minute and then stopping. And it's very inter- interesting and irritating. <laughs> and um, But we usually banter about current events or some such thing. Um, and um, I suppose the current event is that you're just really having difficulty breathing, so you don't want to talk. But you talk fine, and the talking doesn't hurt you, does it? It's the breathing. No, talking doesn't doesn't hurt. Um, it's just a challenge, which is interesting because people don't really think about. And this goes back to our chat and our show with Rosemary, which is interesting because I just spent the last two days auditing the audio, audio and and cutting a video from that show. And part of what she talked about was how to breathe properly so that you can talk fluidly. And I think that um, those of us who are healthy on a regular basis and don't have breathing issues, we don't take into consideration how vitally important our breath is in our communication. And so um, synchronicity again comes into play where we are blessed to have a fellow radio show host as a guest tonight so I can kind of Yes, she thinks she's going to just back. mute herself and not talk. And 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 um, I'm well. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mute because you know me. I like to jump in. And if she is the lady that I think she is, she's gonna no doubt excite some passion in me. And I'm sure that That's, you know, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. That would be exactly where I was going engaged. with that. Was yeah. So I, I don't um, think we could keep you quiet for really, a show. No, it's it's not. I just want to explain the breathlessness and um, 
I'll be using some of Rosemary's breathing techniques to be able to do the show tonight because of one of the things that Rosemary taught us is that it's much more important to extend your breath out than your breath in. And so I'm going to be, and perhaps that's going to change how my voice sounds. It's maybe going to mellow me out a little bit, <laughs> sound-wise. But be good. Um, it's making it a lot easier for me to breathe when I speak in that way. Yeah, so it's interesting because I, I talked about the breathing with um, uh, Amy when I got back. And she already breathes from her belly most of the time. And and takes a breath in and then talks for a long time and her her friends all think she's weird because she her tummy goes in and out when she breathes and stuff and it's from her singing um because singers of course train on being able to take a real good solid deep diaphragm breath and then sing for a long time before they have to breathe again and uh right. she did and, the exercise the trick to that is... she just does it all the time Right, because when you when you sing, you sing the note on the breath out, not on the breath in. Right, right. And so your breath out is extended, and um, it's I think going to serve me in the next couple of days as my body heals, and I have full faith that it will, because my body heals a lot faster these days, and I have to admit the pain level, even having injured a core muscle, the pain level is much less than I I previously would have had to endure, and I'm grateful for that as well. You used um, to hurt this bad on a so, daily basis almost. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, um, so this is what it feels like to have a normal, healthy body and have an injury in a healthy body, and I suppose I ought to have that experience too because I can't remember ever having that experience. And I'm grateful for the healthy body that allows me to have the experience of what it feels to have an injury with a healthy body. And I will use the techniques that we've been taught by Rosemary to get me through the night. And it'll be it'll be beautiful, I'm sure. Oh, it's gonna be wonderful. <laughs> you'll be you'll be fine and we'll we'll have full moons and eclipses and things and, and in a few days hopefully we'll all be better. There's been several posts I've seen around Facebook and from fam you know, other family members of ours that are like, Is anybody else losing their mind? I'm losing my mind. <clears throat> and uh, just checking, you know. <laughs> and uh, of course, I'd have to have one to lose it, so I'm safe. But um, anyway, we do have with us, as, as she mentioned, a uh, a fellow radio host and uh, uh, communicator. So um, uh, I suppose we should cut the bantering short, since. Gene is laboring to banter, and uh, we'll just uh, get get right with it. We have with us to this evening uh, Kathy Kirk. How are you, Kathy? I'm well, thank you, Rick. How about you? I'm doing good. Doing good. I I had a weird couple of days where I was just. It wasn't so much weird as it was. Just, I was exhausted, mm. and and then I would take a nap and was more tired, and uh, so I didn't know if I needed to stay awake to get rest or go to. I it's confusing, but. Um, uh, I was up for a little while this morning, and then went went and slept for a bit, and uh, I've been good this afternoon. So, well, I feel like I could um, do the Olympics in sleeping uh, over the like the last three or four days. I, I 
the German judges would give me a 10, you know. <laughs> I've been just doing amazing amounts of sleep, and and I don't know why, but I have been, so. Maybe, maybe that's where I've uh, screwed that one up, is that while everybody else has been feeling the need to sleep, I did admittedly feel the need to rest for a couple of days, but I got headstrong and dove deep into video making and once I get started on something like that I just can't stop. Mm. So I didn't I yes. didn't listen. Before you And now I'm being made to rest. <laughs> yeah, yesterday before she injured herself, she must have mentioned taking a break and or resting, I don't know, thirty times. And um George is like that with her. Our Skype will just cut out and 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 if that doesn't work, then her body just kind of cuts out. Yeah. My Skype cut out. Um, you know, we talked before the before, and then you guys hung up to dial in to blog talk, and my Skype stopped working, so I had to go out and reboot it. So it should be. That's why I sent you the phone number in case Skype throws me out again. Yes, yes. It has uh, those moments. Well, and, and Blog Talk's been having fun. They Last Thursday, we w- were not able to go on the air because of uh, uh, they were having a DDoS attack on their servers. And uh, tonight, uh, when I tried to call in on, on short notice, because we got to talk in, in the pre-show like we do sometimes, and uh, I call, dialed in, and Sally, the Blog Talk computer, kept saying, there's been an error. Try your call again later. And I'm like, I I don't have later. <laughs> Not a <enough>. later. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting all the technology blips that are going on. I my site, my my website got hacked 2 months ago and um I I I just wondered about it and then I dealt with it with I thought equanimity and um it it continues. It's like I have fleas. <laughs> So uh, I just think something's going on, and I'm just trying to handle it with, well, so what, you know. Great Denise. Great Denise, yeah, yeah. So it, it is definitely a massive transition period for a lot of people, and with that in mind, you know, as 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 the mass of people grows larger and speeds up exponentially. Uh, it's going to affect us on a planetary scale, I would think. And, of course, we're so interlaced with our technology now in the work that we do that it only stands to reason that it's going to affect the technology. And it's for us to, as you said, just sit back and go, okay, no problem, and take it as a rest stop or a saw moment, as Rick and I like to say, mm-hmm. a moment for reflection and appreciation of those still times. And uh, just move on when it's time to move on. I think, how else can you deal with it? Well, it doesn't do to get yourself in a dither about it, you know. Um, but I was—I no. think I was listening to, I, it might have been the cryon a few, a while back. And the explanation that, that I'm going to recount is that as we move in uh, into, depending on what you call it, fourth or fifth dimension, um, these incidences of 
because there's more and more people like choosing light, um, that for it to stay balanced, the the events on the dark side will increase in frequency and and it's sort of like to get the people in the bell, you know, the 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 middle of the bell, to make a decision: Are you going left or right on this on this event? And um, so, uh, not to be dismayed by any of it, just stay the course where where you choose to go. And um, and that sort of made sense to me because it's got to stay in balance. So everything is going to intensify. Oh, yes. Well, and Crown also spoke about 2013 being a year of full moons. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, you know, the you know the emergency rooms all say they go crazy on a full on a full moon. Well, it's going to be that way all year. And, yeah. And uh, I thought, oh, gee, thanks. Yeah. Crown. It's it's something we say to George often. We go, oh, gee, thanks, George. <clears throat> Yeah, I think the whole year is going to be this butter stop, start, you know, burst forward. Um, it's just, I think the whole time is just so we can practice managing our own energy and um, staying connected in whatever way we do that. And practice, practice, practice. <laughs> practice makes perfect, and that's what they say. And, yeah. And, uh, I couldn't couldn't agree more, really. it's To me, it's... This beautiful golden opportunity for us all to choose what we really want. Mm-hmm. And so when things get wonky and crazy and wild and when people go off the rails, um, just hold the center and know, you know, know who you are and just be that. Mm-hmm. And 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 trust and faith and just keep keep walking forward when it's needed and rest when it's needed and um Keep calm, carry on. I know that that meant not the most pleasant thing in the past, but I think that the saying itself could mean something really sweet to us all in the new paradigm. Yeah. You know. Keep calm and stay connected. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. was it was it the cry and Rick that do you remember? They were saying that right now, like that, there's two paths emerging. And there's jumping going on back and forth. You know, we get to jump back and forth to the third di- dimension and then to the fourth or whatever. And, but by 2015, there'll be no more jumping. You know, that the, the paths will pretty much be, be carved out. But I, right. So I think for another year and a half, we're going to be looking at a lot of this. Well, and the, the, uh, if you think of the uh, transition point as being like the eye of a needle, it was... A lot of different timelines sort of converged and began to exist at the same time on the same yeah. planet. No and now, and now we're spreading back out again. But also, in a way, after that much pressure, it's kind of like taking the lid off of fizzy pop soda water. Right. And um, you know, it's like all the bubbles are coming out now, and you just gotta. You can put your hand on top of the soda bottle but that's not really going to stop it it's just going to make more of it later so you just let it fizz over and mm-hmm. it, it, then it'll be done but uh, we should we should probably get your question before you fade too far there what's the question <laughs> <laughs> or before we go too far afield into a conversation we don't want to stop yeah. <laughs> Rick go ahead <laughs> 
she says right after I click mute. Um, so the uh, Jane's ever famous uh, first question uh, that uh, we ask all of our guests and, and, and then see where we end up is, uh, so, Kathy Kirk, who on earth are you and what do you do? <laughs> who on earth am she I? Says it. Who on earth am I? And what do you do? And what do I do? Wow. <laughs> That's a pretty profound question, isn't it? Um, well, uh, in, in the earthly definition of, of, a, of a person, I'm a pretty ordinary, um, just like anybody else. Uh, I've had quite a journey, and um, I've done lots of different things, uh, which all pointed to this work that I'm about at this point. Um, but what do I do now? I, I see myself as a consciousness bridge. Um, I see myself helping people from the old paradigm to the new to try to understand what's going on and to reframe um, what they thought they knew into what really is and um, and be curious about what more there is because there's so much more ahead of us than is behind us. So that succinctly is what I do uh, with Applied Spirituality. Awesome. We love bridge builders. <laughs> love them. Yes, we do. We do. It's hard to get anywhere without them. <laughs> Absolutely. It took a you lot can... of years to uh, to get to understand. Uh, I, I honestly, for the longest time, hadn't a clue why I was here or what I was up to. And... Uh, <laughs> It's <laughs> just walking around lost in the woods, you know, and and didn't really fit anywhere. And I kept thinking, what are we doing, you know? And uh, one day I, I stood in the middle of my living room and, and just yelled. I just said, bloody hell, I feel like I've been plopped down here with a broken walkie-talkie. Can I talk to the mothership? <laughs> and um, <laughs> that that sort of broke it open, I think. Uh, I started to hear after that. <laughs> oh, I think you're not because you were ready feeling. for it. Because you were ready for it. That's it. Kind of happened that way for me too. Except for you know, mine was a lay in bed and say, "Okay, God, I'm ready." For goodness' sake, give me the signs. I've had this game's not working. Um, what do you want me to do? I don't I don't, I don't know what you want. I didn't, what do you want? Um, and it's really all the same thing. Uh, it comes from the same place. And so I get exactly what you're saying because I got to that point. Oh my goodness, I hid from myself for so many years. Rick did too. He tried to kill oh. himself. He hid from himself so well yeah. uh, that he managed to die for a couple I days. I was just gonna say, what do you um, mean tried to kill myself? I succeeded. Yeah. You just didn't last very long. So you know, we we get that. I I bet you there's not a light worker on the planet who hasn't contemplated what earthlings call suicide. I just call it going home and starting over. I've said that a million times. I'm just coming home and we'll start over, okay? You know, but I don't think there's one on the planet who hasn't visited that thought. Visited? I begged. I got down on my freaking knees and I begged. And I I kept getting told, no, you're not done yet. Yeah. And I'd get no so mad. No emergency evacuation I'd, for you. George and I have had some just all-out, blow-up, no-holds-barred 
verbal fisticuffs um, energetically, just me saying, no, I'm done. I just don't want to be here anymore. Take me home. Uh, And I think I did that for three years Mm -hmm. before I finally said, oh, I get it, and started really enjoying what I was doing. Mm. But I fought it. I fought it so hard. I would, you know, and, and and you're right. I don't think there's anybody out there. I don't think they all talk about it. I don't no. think they're all willing to share that element of their journey. But I, I'm willing to say it, and I know Rick's willing to say it, and I'm glad you're willing to say it. And we've had a few other treasured guests who are willing to say it. Then, yeah, yeah I well, wanted I'm, to go home for a long time. I just wanted to have a, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things like, I think Abraham talks about, you know, you you can't you know too much now, mm-hmm. and and I've known too much almost my whole life, and uh, I just wanted to be quote unquote normal, you know, three point two kids, white picket fence, station wagon, oh, God, country club membership, yeah. but what these people are clueless, and they seem to be having a great time. And of course, you dig under the surface; they're not having as great a time as they make it look sometimes. But, mm. but, um, and it kept not working for me because, you know, too much now. And so I finally just drank myself to death. And uh, oh. because I found that if you were really, really, really intoxicated, that all thoughts of well, all thoughts pretty much stop. And uh, it was short-lived, but very intense, and you know, ended in a in an emergency room and then three days in intensive care of I don't know who, who what, where, why and then I just it I just kinda of woke up. It was, the waking up was kinda of like I just had had a nap or whatever. I, I woke up and looked around and went, What? Where? What? What day is it? <laughs> wow. And uh, who are these people? What are you doing here? And uh, I'm, so I'm curious though, because I I know I know I've heard a lot from other other people, but I'm curious. If you're standing in your living room and you're shouting up, all right, I just want to talk to the mothership, and then you start getting answers, how was your reaction to that? Well, I mean, it wasn't like like I, uh, a burning bush started talking to me, you know. Um, I was way too much a rationalist for that. Um, but... It was just my breaking point. It's where I actually surrendered something inside of me and then started actually believing the things that were coming out of my pen or that would go through my head. Um, I I just didn't trust what the information I was getting for a long time. Um, You know, as long as we're we're fessing up here, um, you were talking, Rick, about how you drank yourself. Well, I ended up in a mental hospital with a nervous breakdown. And um, what I learned when I was in there was that the people that were in there were all light workers. I mean, I didn't have that name at the time, but they were the most sensitive. Um, they were extraordinary human beings who were just having a really rough time handling planet Earth. And um, I I knew then that... that those were the special people. Like they were medicating the wrong people, you know. <laughs> oh my God, yes. And, Actually, and I'm heart- so glad you brought that up. 
Well, the heart, I actually wrote about. I, Go I ahead. Sorry. Say the hard part was, you know, first of all, you know, you're, you're in there because you're losing your mind in some way. And so that was funny what you were saying in the beginning of the show about losing your mind. I actually thought that that that's what has to happen. Um, so I, I signed myself in, and and um, I hear I have this gang, the Sears, that that talk to me, and they start singing, you know, the song from The Graduate, you know, Cuckoo Cuckoo Mrs. Robinson, <laughs> Jesus loves you more than you will know. And uh, oh, that's you know, stroll around the grounds until you feel at home, you know. So, um, and I'm, I'm, my human self is sobbing, and my spirit self is just having this cartoon going on. And <clears throat> so I get to my room, and the next morning I'm sitting just sort of there, like supposedly like catatonic, and I hear this voice that says, "So, what are we gonna do about this?" <laughs> and um, I knew that I shouldn't tell anybody that I heard this voice. <laughs> but it was every day I'd hear the same question, and it was just this abiding voice. It was this, it wasn't insistent, it wasn't blaming. It was just, well, what are we going to do about this, you know? And and um, I knew I wasn't alone. And um, I think that's when I actually cracked in and let go of the human mind enough to hear the support that was already on the planet with me. So um, all those things that we think are, you know, wrong and bad, and, and so now I really have a whole different picture of what mental health is in America, and uh, we're medicating the wrong people, you know. We totally are, and again, I'm so glad you brought that up because it hits so close to home for me. In my second book, I wrote about when I was younger, I had an aunt who spoke to God, and she's from a Catholic background, so that was her understanding of it. Yeah. And God taught her games, and the game that God had taught, and I, I don't think I've ever said this on the air before, but um, God had taught her a game that she was told that she had to teach to me but that I would understand it much later in my life. And the name of the game was I am you and you are me. Oh, wow. And that's all she would say. And then my family committed her. Oh. And they put her in a psych ward because she talked to God. But before she went in the hospital, she taught me that I am you and you are me. God told me to tell you I am you and you are me and you will get it later in life. You'll figure that out. And I was only 16 at the time when she told me that. And just recently, my sister daughter, that's what I call her, because again, another close-knit member of this soul family, and she, she's been both in, in my world before, so I call her my sister daughter. And um, she just got committed for a couple nights because she went through a very intense shamanic experience. But she did it without help, without guidance, and in the middle of the city, mm. something and she did it alone. Don't we don't recommend. And have but not she had, we've, we've said, please don't do that. It just happened to her, and so there she was in the middle of And it wasn't until I was able to talk to her, and once she was there, and she talked to me, she said, 
you know, half the people in here are like you and me. And I said, I know. She said, there's nothing wrong with us. I said, I know. <laughs> and she said, I, someday I'd like to come back here just to let them know and stay for a couple of days just to let them know that it's okay because now that I understand, I want to go back. And I thought, that's a pretty profound statement coming from a young woman to come out of that. And she's managed to ground herself beautifully since the experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad you brought it up because it's not often talked about that, yes, half of our crew, team, family, they're all sitting in hospitals mm-hmm. being medicated. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think that it's a part of the process, you know, it's it's we knew what we were signing up for when we came in, you know. So it we're just dismayed as as earthlings walking through it because it's hard to remember, but um I wouldn't have trade I wouldn't trade that experience now for anything. So when somebody comes to me and says, you know, I've been diagnosed as, you know, um it's just a nothing to me. I, I always know this is a matter of you waking up to who you are and stop resisting the energy and start managing the energy. That's the answer to this. So you're not, you know, you're not delusional. You're not bipolar. You just have surges, you know. And um, you knew you could master this while you were here. So let's get about mastering the energy flow. So, yep. Yeah, it is a uh, an odd thing. It's uh, this whole conversation so far reminds me of uh, ET one hundred and one. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the book. What is it? Uh, it's called ET one hundred and one. No, I, I don't know the and, book. Uh, it's a book. Oh, that, you'd enjoy it. <laughs> um, a reporter uh, wrote because. She was under a deadline for something, and so she she wrote a review of an upcoming book release that was fictional, the review, because there was no book. <laughs> and the book review was approved and printed, and people were so – the newspaper was overwhelmed with, you know, how do I get a hold of this book? And so her editor was on her case about where's the book, <clears throat> and – so she went and wrote it, <clears throat> and uh, uh, but it talks about you know we've heard your urgent calls for evacuation and that's um, <laughs> we have to remind you that's not what you signed up for <clears throat> and um, so the whole we, thing is don't refund your money on this voyage <laughs> right it's it's written from the standpoint of that the writers are mission control yeah and and that this is the remedial. Um, Remedial edition of um, the Handbook of Transformation or something, but but uh, Earth Remedial Edition. And it starts off with, you were all told to familiarize yourself with the manual before you left. But as usual, overachievers, you just went. So we've gotten special permission to print this one little, and it's a tiny little book. But uh, but it's so brilliant. It's oh. so brilliant. You know, it's funny. And it reminds me of my book, my uh, my my little book. It's like a pocket-sized book, and it's called the Earthlings Quick Start Guide. <laughs> and it's and I was looking at that, and I thought I want to get my hands on that because I bet you it's just as entertaining and just as 
hard-hitting home-wise because that's what ET101 was for me. It was like my eyes popped over and then I went, oh, my God, she gets it. This could come right from the heavens. Um, and when I saw the title, The Earthlings Quick Start Guide, I thought, i got to get my hands on that because I bet you yeah. I'm going to know it. You know, it's going to be an answer to a lot of people's prayers. So so tell us a little more about this little pocketbook because it, it, it comes with a – there's an online course too and stuff yeah. in there? Yeah. Well, you know, m- my whole theory from the beginning of, of putting the work out in the world was that it was for everybody. Um, and I wanted to make it accessible to um, – the ordinary man, you know, and, and, and woman. So the book is like $11. So you could turn in aluminum cans to purchase this book. You know, you could, um, you know, whatever. You could find 11 bucks, and, and then to do the online course, you could go to the library and get a free library card. I just felt that anybody who wanted to wake up, I had to make it accessible to them. And, um, so it's just a little mini book. It really it's like three and a half by four inches, and you can carry it in your pocket. And um, it's just very succinct, and and it's it's tongue in cheek. It's told like from the voice of um, the universe saying, um, you know, calm down, calm down, that kind of thing. And uh, there's there's jokes in it, and but it's just a. Uh, and I when I was done, I thought, how does thirty years of doing this work go into a little book that's 80 pages i mean how does that happen you know but um i wanted everybody to be able to access it and uh and there would be no excuse um you know you could turn in your deposits on your plastic bottles and things to get it but that's what i i had in mind for everybody to have because at that point, you know, I, I looked at spiritual stuff and it was getting really pricey out there. And I thought, you know, I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I just don't think that's the way it should be. You know, it, it should be, uh, it's a natural process in my mind. And you just have to be reminded that it is a natural process. So just relax into it and let it, let it happen to you. But that's what the ego's there for, is to protect you from letting that happen, I guess. So. <laughs> yes, we can't have that. Yes, we can't We can't let her wake up. And so, <laughs> then she'll do something, you know, my so gosh. So many people, so many people have worked so hard at making it so complicated. Yeah. And that's what, to me now, where I am now is so, so funny about the whole thing, because it's not complicated. It's very simple, basic rules to it. Say, I want to know, and you'll find out in whatever way is most comfortable for you. It's really ask and you shall receive. It's that basic. It's that simple. And once you ask the question, the answers come, and there you go. And it's, it's not any harder than that, really. So you're right. You know, you can take that how ever many years of experience and although being the writer it must have been hard as hell to put that into 80 pages because i have i have trouble condensing things down but um again that's why i want to get my hands on this because it it should be done in 80 pages Mm. because 
it, it needs to be done in 80 pages. It needs to be done in as as few words as possible to let people know that, and, and with humor, like you said, you've put jokes into it, which is is a such a blessing for people because they need to know that you can, you kind of got to hold your sense of humor throughout the journey. Um, well, I, I and, have and, a feeling my my non physical team, like I said, they're called the Sears, and the first time they spoke to me, they said. And it's S-E-E-R-S, not Sears like the store. They were very clear about that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And they sent me cartoons. So this was really disconcerting because I was, like, doing um, counseling and coaching and stuff. And people would be, like, in the middle of telling me, like, the most gut-wrenching things. And they'd send me a cartoon complete with the bubble and, and the the quip inside the bubble, you know, and I'd have to excuse myself, you know. But the whole idea, I think, was for me to understand that um, it's not what it seems to be. So lighten up, you know. And um, There's just nothing that serious going on down here, really. It, it really isn't. And uh, And when you finally sort of get that, you really don't fit in anymore because it looks like you don't care. It really looks like you don't care. It looks like you don't have a compassionate bone in your body, and yet you do. But you're seeing both sides of it at the same time, which is it's a strange experience to, to see it both, see both of it at the same time, you know. I, I, I often it, wonder if, if part of the, you know, come here, fall asleep, and then find your way back out, for light workers in particular, was so that we could try to remember that compassion. Because you do, when you see both sides, you you know, oh, I, I realize this is a real traumatic thing for you, but pardon me while I laugh, yeah, is not <laughs> well received, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, years ago I had a teacher. Her name was Carmela Corallo, and she was just the most outrageous woman. This was in like the early 80s. And she'd say to me, Kathy, you have to, like, get the picture in your head because you're going to change minds by the picture in your head, not by your words. And so I think these cartoons that come to me, even, like, when I'm speaking in the public, I think that they actually are flashing to these other minds so that they get the levity of it. They get, they do lighten up just from, you know, like a picture's worth a thousand words. It's it's like that. It's like, uh and you're always talking to their soul that knows this, the truth of it anyway, you know. So you're ringing bells for them, but they, they're just remembering. That's, that's what I think. Oh, yeah, and it it, it does um, – well, I think it was Buddha maybe that said, when you realize how perfect it all is, you'll tilt your head back and laugh at the sky. Yeah. And um, – and I actually do that uh, uh, from time to time these days. I'll I'll be thinking about something, and then I'll catch myself that I'm thinking in sort of a hamster wheelish pattern. And and always what comes next is something like, well, and that's really important or something. And I just laugh out loud. And you know, if I was more closely supervised, I I could be locked up somewhere. A little bit of that, you know. <clears throat> And, uh, you, know, you know, do you realize that we have undertaken to deconstruct all of human mind from the beginning of recorded history? You know, it's 
it, we're upending it 180 degrees. It's it's like it's not what you think it is. It's it's not even logical the way you think it is. Once you understand how it really works, you'll wonder how you ever bought that ball of wax to begin with. You know, it's really extraordinary. I think it's very true. I, there's so many times now that I'll look at things that other people to be that some other people will will consider to be perfectly normal um especially the stuff that you see in mainstream media and uh just out in in the public and I'll kind of quirk my head and it seems so backward and illogical to me now but I know that I lived that way for the longest time me too yeah. and so I find it very entertaining. And um, some people, maybe they don't appreciate that because, you know, maybe that's not how they see it in this moment, and that's okay. Um, But you brought up a really valid point, both of you, that we do have so many of us out here doing this in our own way, and not a one of us have had an easy, quote-unquote, go of it. No. Um and 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 I believe like Rick just said that it's it's really been a training session so to speak and we don't use that term anymore. I don't think there's really anything I'm I don't like to use the I'm not learning anymore. I'm just playing. I'm enjoying. I'm living. I'm getting on with it so to speak, but there was a preparation period in order for me to to really make friends with uh my knowledge of compassion and understanding and empathy. And um, it's an important transition period for, for all of us to be able to do this work and, and be able to see it from both sides. Because without that, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't be able to be the shoulder at the same time I'm seeing it from from that other side that I've I've kind of stepped into. So it's it's I'm grateful for what I've been through. The cartoon in the head but, side. Um, um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, but I'm really grateful for the cartoon in the head, too, because without the cartoon in the head, I'd still be lost in the in the transition. And um, I agree. Well, it be- serves me well oh. in my now moment. I don't want to go back there. <laughs> no, but you know what? I think we all wrote this into our blueprint. Um, I think it was essential that that we go through an ordinary experience in third dimension um, uh, in all the trials and tribulations that that anyone could ever bring to you so that when you stood before them free, that they you had the compassion, but that they could also have the hope. So, um, I mean, I just don't think you're a credible light worker if, if you, it's sort of like you know the priest that tries to counsel a, a married couple. How much credibility does he have, you know? And um, I, I, I just think that 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 helps the the ordinary person who's still in it. Um, you know, you you they get it. They 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 feel the authenticity of of your journey. And if you've come through it, then they can as well. I agree, and for that reason, we have to stop hiding it. There's still 
not as many as there used to be, and I'm grateful yeah. for that as well. But there's still a few out there who are putting on this bunnies, rainbows, sunshines, and fairies routine. And um, well, I'm sorry, to, it just doesn't wash with me. I have to confess, and I I am just sort of coming out of that. I I was very reticent to reveal, you know, on Facebook or on my page when I was out of alignment. So I would just be quiet. Sort of that if you have if you don't have something nice to say then don't say anything at all kind of thing. And <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, well actually it was um I made it through the Newtown, Connecticut thing and and was very, was able to just be completely in in alignment through that. But the Boston thing, I don't know what happened, but I fell off the log. And and um, I did. I was just like, I was so sad. Like, oh, bloody hell, are we going to do more of this? Haven't we done enough of this? That kind of thing, like a weariness. And I, right. just put, a, I put a one-liner up on my Facebook page. And I've never, ever done that before, ever, in any in any way. I was always like Mary, Mary Poppins, you know. And... I was astounded at uh, the amount of support that people poured out all over me. That was really interesting. And um, so then I went over to my Facebook page and I said, you know, I might have given you guys the idea that I've got my act together all the time, but let me dispel that for you right now, that it's a moment-to-moment proposition to be in alignment or to be out of alignment. And that's why we live in now. And so I fall off just as much as you do, but I, I'm trying to share the tools to get back into alignment. But it was such a freeing proposition for me to just be who I am in the moment. So I, I thought I had to be perfect, you know. I think it's important, though, because if we stand on the truth of our being and are fully honest and open about our perfect imperfection then that allows others to look in the mirror and love themselves as they are not try and attain this vision of purity that let's face it I am going to have my moments of doubt I'm going to have my moments of fear and thank goodness for my family and friends that I have around me to remind me to have faith but I'm here having a physical experience and to do that there has to be duality and in full awareness of that I have to embrace both sides of me and accept in full unity all that that means which means I'm going to get afraid I'm going to get hurt I'm going to get angry and I'm going to occasionally lose faith. Mm-hmm. I will always find my way back to faith. And I always see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And I always see the good in the bad. But I refuse anymore to lie to people and say that the world doesn't have its dark side. Because we created that too. Exactly. And we have to own that. And stop running away from it, or else we're never going to change it. Well, the truth of that one, at least for me, is that like the yin-yang has both the dark and the light all in the same circle. 
the dark is God as well as the light. And that's that's the part that finally helped me. I had a, a, a Waterloo moment here, oh, I'd say about six months ago. I was contemplating this whole concept of unity and that I am you and you are me. And um, I have this little ritual. I go out at night under the stars and I clear my energy and I call in my gang and we have a chat about the day and and um so I was blathering on and this energy sort of just sort of enveloped me and I started to to sort of weep and then I said oh my god I'm the murderer I'm the rapist I'm the thief I'm the liar and I could hear them say yes and then I got it that 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 terrorist on the other side of the world was me as well as Mother Teresa was me. And it was just one of those stunning moments where I, I was standing um, virtually naked before all of God and all of the universe as as that piece of enlightenment came in that there but for the grace of God, you know, I could be the terrorist in this lifetime, but I chose this. But uh, except for the greatest fear that I could know, I could become that. I could become any of that when I live in duality. So uh, this whole idea of unity and in being of one is that rising above the opposites, a bad person, a good person, and we're in the presence, we're in awareness, that's where we're all one, and... Uh, in the human condition, we could be any of those things, given the right circumstance. So um, I, I think I got a full dose of what that meant. And and then it went on to sort of explain that that we're unifying all of our parts through this physical experience right now. And I think you alluded to that a little while ago, Rick, about how there were so many threads going through the eye of the needle. And yes. so I was you know, t I was talking to all these different parts of me trying to unify all the, it's a bloody cast of thousands at this point that are coming through this physical being at this point in time for unification back into the whole. And they stand like with tickets, you know, at, at the bread line, you know, and... Um, resolve my issue, resolve my issue. Exactly, love me back into the fold. Uh, you know, it's like me absolvo, me absolvo. And um, so, you know, I'm, I'm talking to these parts one by one, one by one, and and um, that's it. You know, it, it was just this huge experience of what we're doing, each one of us is doing, each one of us. And then did you guys happen to see the movie Cloud Atlas? I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. You guys have got to see it. But I movie. want to. Yeah, amazing, amazing movie. It just cracked me wide open because it's all about reincarnation, right? And you, you get you by the time you finish it, you get that it was you all along, and you're just resolving um, and making peace with your ancestors, which was you, and that we've been doing this heroic journey for so long, and how how loved we are and how honored we are by all of heaven. By all of non-physical, we are like special forces. We are we are good enough to be on planet Earth, is what we are. So, 
the truth of our being is we are really loved beyond measure. Oh, it is, and it's it's my, one of my favorite things that uh, Elohim has ever said to Veronica is, Earth's not for wimps. No, no kidding. It's, you know, and, and, and we are. Integration is the is the game. This go-round is integration. It's not segregation of, okay, there's all the bad bits. I finally see them, so I'm going to put them in the corner, and that'll be that. It's integration. And... Yeah. Um, and the and and in in the face sometimes for me anyway a fear that you know if you integrate some piece does that mean you're going to go be that way? No. And um, but it was a fearful thing early on for me, and uh, I did the opening to Channel Book back in the '80s, uh, about the same time that Daryl Anka was doing it and other people were doing it, and it worked and it scared the living daylights out of me. Mm. And I ran the other way for 30 years, almost, uh, mm. 20 years. And um, uh, so it used to be interesting to me uh, to listen to him say, you know, been, we've been doing this work together for 22 years. And I said, yeah, I know, I've been hiding for 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> I need to hear it all, so can we just line it up? And I was like, oh, YouTube, wait, here it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I the way I kind of see it is these are all parts of uh of this giant family of me, right? And um these are parts that I stuffed in the closet or banished to the outhouse in the back or buried in the in the basement or or relegated to the closet and they haven't been seen or heard from since, right? And um so when I bring them up and they they want to talk, then we just talk until they feel um, honored for their role and then they always transform and, and then they take a seat at the table so I call it the round table and the round table looks like you know Dodger Stadium <laughs> yeah and oh, that's just laughing, laughing, that's laughing just the early morning <laughs> yeah it only hurts when I laugh uh, that's just the early morning session there'll be another afternoon session with another Dodger Stadium full and um <laughs> I swear to God, I wonder about, I mean, that's my big question is, you know, I'm processing people all day long. It's like the immigration at Ellis Island, you know, and and I'm like, when do I do any work? You know, like, when do I, like, earn a living? When do I, how long does this go on, you guys? You know? So, um, it's an interesting life, that's for sure. Oh, it's an amazing time to be alive, and... um. And to sort of ride the crest, so to speak, of, you know, not really sure. Nobody's written a book yet of how did you do this because we're just here doing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one day one of us may write the How to Get Through 2013 book, but 2013 will be over. <laughs> so it won't matter. But um, I guess when I want assurance, I listen to Eckhart Tolle because, you know, he, he did his all in one fell swoop, you know, he was going to kill himself and and evidently he fell asleep instead, which was his saving grace and, and woke up out the other side. So uh, when I sort of get teetery, I listen to him and I go, oh, good, at least there's one out there that I know is awake, you know, and uh, and the rest of us are doing it by glacial speed and, and bloody inch by bloody inch, you know. Well, whenever I uh, I need to be 
I need confirmation. I just do the radio show. <laughs> <laughs> Works for us. Talk to our guests. That's that's what we do. That's we we the radio shows our confirmation because yeah. um, you're not alone, and that's been the blessing of the show for us is to know how many of us there are out there. And yeah. how many There's so many radically different so many. paths we all took to get here. Yeah, yeah, um, it's awesome yeah. and amazing. I felt that too. I felt that too when I was talking to, you know, these amazing minds and hearts uh, through the course of the show. Um, It would be like the highlight of my week to get to spend an hour with another light being, you know, and um, and connect there. You know, some of them would would come on like it was going to be like just an interview. And then we'd be off in this frequency of I know you, you know me, and and we would just have the best time, you know, um, just hanging out together like we're doing, you know. It's thank God for the technology. Absolutely, and that's why we only have the one question. And and when they ask us, you know, can we have questions that you're going to ask? Our answer is always no. George is gonna. George is George is our producer. He writes Let the questions. Let spirit be the guide. Let spirit be the guide for this yeah. conversation. So who and let it grow George? organically. Who's George? Oh, George. George, the story of George. Ah. You think you can get the whole story George, of George out? I can. I can get the whole story of George out. Sure. Uh, in, in the writing of my first book, near the end of it, I had been calling them God, and calling God Him for a very long time, coming from a Christian background. And shortly near the end of the writing of the book, it occurred to me that I didn't feel comfortable knowing that I would work with different faiths and different belief systems in 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 my future path. That I couldn't I couldn't use the word God. It wasn't comfortable with me. So, but I had to have some kind of name. What do I call you? And so they came back with, and this is when I was still calling them he. And and them didn't really come into it until the writing of my second book, but that's a whole other story. Um, he, at the time, came back with uh, George. And I thought, that's crazy. They're going to hang me. I'm going to get crucified. <laughs> but okay, why? And they wouldn't tell me why. They just said, trust, and by the end of the day, you'll have your answer. And a couple hours later, a friend of mine called, and her name means heaven, actually. And she's who I was living with when I wrote my second book called Going Home to Heaven, and um, she had called me that day to talk about moving in, funny enough, and I said, you know, the oddest thing happened. They were telling me, or he was telling me to call him George, and I don't, I don't understand that, and she started laughing hysterically, and she wouldn't stop for many minutes, and when she finally caught her breath, she said, you don't get it, and I said, no, and she said, oh, I get it, she said, think about it curious George it makes perfect sense and then I started laughing because to me what spirit is is this massive consciousness that manifests into into physical in order to experience all things and so George is a very curious being he wants mm-hmm. to know everything oh. and it's been George ever since my family calls him George many of my friends now people who've read my first book Call, call them George, and um, and then I'll call him George, George and people will say, "Well, for Rick, you, it's Nestor, though, right?" And I'm, that just makes me want to laugh harder. 
and, and it's ha- he laughs harder because it's all the same thing, really. And so when people ask who produces your show, George, who finances your show? George, who's your travel agent? George, well, who schedules your guests? George. I mean, really, we were when we were in Costa Rica, we were, it was time to come back from um, the jungle and, and go to the capital. And uh, we had to get there at by a certain time because we had a show that night that we did from the hotel, the airport hotel in uh, San Jose, the capital. And... Um, and I, when we were getting ready to go down there, I kept trying to get the route that we wanted to go going down, and it wouldn't give it to me. Over and over, the GPS just kept acting like those roads didn't exist. And I finally forced it by putting some waypoints and things. I made it go down that road, and so we went down that road and took about nine hours to take a three-and-a-half-hour drive. <laughs> and... So it, the day, the morning came to go back, and we were sitting out in front of the little mini super at the highway, and I'm trying to punch in. You know, I'm thinking to myself, coming, it would only give me this mountain route that we're wanting to take to get back. So all I'll have to do is just take me to the airport, and it'll go. And it immediately gave me the coastal route that it just wouldn't give me going the other way. Interesting. And so I did it again, and it gave me the coastal route again. And so then I told it I wanted to go through the little town we knew was where the two highways joined. And so it took me down there, made a U-turn, and came back to go up this coastal highway. And at, at which point, at which point, I looked at him and I said, "George is trying to tell you not to go there. So stop screwing with the GPS and let's just go back the way we came." Which we and did. So we did. Go ahead. Go ahead. And and halfway halfway there we stopped at this amazing little bar and on the news on the T V right in front of us while we're having this incredible lunch, the food was phenomenal. And uh there it is on the news. All the taxi people are on strike, all the police full riot gear are out, and had we taken the other route, it would have taken us nine hours in San Jose to get from one end of San Jose to our hotel. Because, I mean, they had parked all the way across all the lanes of streets and, like, 40 taxis deep, too. It wasn't just the width. Oh, wow. They were, it it would have taken more tow trucks than they may have in in the whole city to try to get them out of there. And so... The old country. Yeah, so they just, the, the... as long as it was peaceful, the police kind of just surrounded them all in riot gear, waiting for something to happen. But all they did was just sit there and chit-chat with each other and block the roads. Yeah. And A massive uh, sit-in, right? Right. Massive massive park-in, so to speak, I guess yeah. I could say. And we'd have had to go right through it. There would have been no, really almost no way around it had we taken that other highway. And... Um, and of course, if I'd have just taken the other highway going, we would have avoided the nine-hour drive that way too. So if I'd have just done what the GPS tried to tell me, no, we no, have but avoided George that. tried to tell you. Yes, well, George, and, <laughs> and 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 that's the thing. George can be um, your GPS, your mailman, your stranger. You know, it doesn't always have to be just a little voice on your shoulder. It can be that stranger that just looks at you and says something, and you're like, what? 
and they don't know what they're saying, and they may even be talking to the person behind you. But you know, you know. I I learned that years ago. I I ran a liquor store. I was you know young, twenty one years old, fresh from Ohio. I didn't even know there was a difference between gin and vodka. Right here, I am running a liquor store in the east end of Pasadena, which is pretty salty. You know, there's a motel by the hour across the street. I mean, I I was like. Uh, completely in a new world. And in the morning, there would be these, um, you know, uh, street people waiting for me to open up so they could buy their tenth of um, Thunderbird, you know. And uh, I was going through some stuff at the time, and I would pray and, and, and ask these questions of God, you know, the night before. And and then in the in the day, these, these guys would, out of their mouth would come my answer, you know, and my head would like swivel around because this guy was disheveled and whatever, you know, they smelled bad and, and who were these people and, and out of their mouths would come this wisdom that was just for me and then they'd go on and, and ramble about something that was nonsensical. And so I had those those moments of knowing that it's answered to you through the path of least resistance. I mean, it could be a child. It could be a headline on a newspaper. I think billboards change just so they can give you the information you asked for. Um, uh, and then you were talking about naming it George. The name I got from from my gang was Weemy. It's Weemy. So they wanted me to know that it is all of us and it's me and we. It's we, me. We, me. I we like me. that. We, me. That makes sense. We, me. Yeah, we, me. That makes sense. Of course. I, That's perfectly because logical. Because I use, I use hard yeah. to pronounce. We, me can go fast enough to get past people. <laughs> I like to sneak in through the back door in the side and crack in them. Well. Cracking the structure in my case, but you know, I crack those all wide open. I th- I think when you travel is when the most extraordinary things happen because you're out of your usual pattern, and you're you're not planning the next moment. You know what I mean? It's like you're you're already let go of your daily conditioning, and so you're sort of up for the magic. You're up for the miracles. You know. Um, hard to be too certain of your expectations because you never did that before. What do you mean? Well, when you're traveling, you know, I never drew, never driven a rental car through Costa Rica before. Exactly, exactly. So it's it's like a a fresh etch a sketch pad. You know, you haven't drawn a line on it yet. Exactly, and and that's what I suppose in a way I'm trying to learn to do and more of in my everyday experience is to quit dragging stuff into it. And uh that is a I've challenge. Got, that is a challenge. Got Gene over there to every day. Yeah. That's you know, a challenge. I'll talk away about something that might happen a month from now and and then I'll you know, after about ten minutes of preaching on about how this might be, she's like yeah, and of course you you could just not bring any of that to the table and it might be different. And I'm like, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> because 
because it took me years to figure out how to let go of how. And, well, now that I've let it go, everything works. So why the hell would I want to get it back? I don't want to go back down that road. And and it's not just me reminding Rick. There's days when I have my moments and Rick says, uh, that would be a how moment. And so I remember, oh, yeah, I don't I don't want to know how. And and so we have each other. We're lucky in that we have this this brilliant partnership that George has arranged for us um <laughs> to keep us centered and grounded. But um you know, it, the how the how it's so important in our physical life we latch on to that from a very early age in fact it's drilled into our heads through our education system through our religious organizations it's you know well, you I mean, gotta know how before you even take a step you yeah, need to right. set goals and have sheets of stuff about yeah. how this is going to happen start teaching you that from right right from the start you know and um it takes, in my case, it took me 36 years, 37 years, to learn how to let go of how. And I have to constantly remind myself that I don't need to know how. All I need to know is George has got it under control. And I need to get my hands out of George's kitchen and his pots because George is a mean cook. So <laughs> yeah, I'll let uh, George take care of the menu. the head with a big spoon if you go in his kitchen and mess around. Yeah, big, big wooden spoon. Or a wet noodle, depending on what's warranted. Yeah, which day? George can be done. Um, and and that's that's my biggest that's been my biggest life lesson is getting letting go of that how and just well, trusting. I I don't think you're in in the bo- you were in the boat alone. <laughs> I mean, that is the epitome of human mind is working out every detail and. And to the point of lunacy, you know, like all the eventualities, like guarding against uh, um, what could happen, you know. I mean, it just gets so ridiculous. Um, Oh, and like making inventory lists of ways that it could possibly go wrong. It was a horrible uh, preoccupation. (laughs) Hamster wheeling. You know, I I think about, um, I've been thinking a lot lately about rules, you know. I've never been one for rules, but I'm not a rule breaker either. I mean, I don't, like, throw it in somebody's face. But, for example, you know, if if I'm out driving at night and and the the town is asleep and the light is red, I go through it. I mean, I don't sit there all by my lonesome and wait for the light to turn green and give me permission. I just... It's like, why? Why would you do that, you know? but I don't know. I do it all the time. Why do I do that? You do? <laughs> I do. You'll, you'll never do but that gonna... again without thinking about this conversation. <laughs> exactly. The next time I'm stopped at a light at night, I'm going to have a Kathy Kirk moment, and I'm going to go through it. <laughs> so thank you for that. Well, does it make sense? I I used to think about that when I lived in Los Angeles, and we had so much smog, and we'd all be sitting at stoplights, just like idling our engines. And I'd think, why do we have traffic lights? If we all just moved, kept moving, we would have better fuel economy, you know. So, so many things that we have rules about. So, um, 
when you it's sort of like going to war. You either go to war or you don't go to war. But if you decide to go to war, then you kind of have to let go of any um, idea that they're not going to take it to the, the extremes. You can't whine when they take it to some place you don't want it to go. Like, there's no rules about war. It just gets ugly and uglier and uglier, right? Well, to me, it's the same with rules. You start making one, and then they get so absurd that you, you wish you'd never opened the door to rules to begin with. So I just it's like living in a world without fences. There should be no fences. There should be no borders. Um, but, you know, I'm probably here, here. way out there on that limb at this point. So. Oh, well, we're out oh, there no, we, we agree with you fully. Fully, 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 I don't believe in borders at all. And to be quite honest, I have driven in countries where the traffic laws are minimal and they have fewer accidents, more courtesy. Yep. And I wish the hell we would just let that go because when you know that that guy over there doesn't have a cop to tell him that he could possibly hit you and he doesn't have an insurance company to bail him out if he does hit you, then I guarantee you he's going to work damn hard at not hitting you. So, well, generally, we need to start. We need to start trusting our humanity and start taking a step back from the rules. Well, I agree. I'm sorry. I, I even goes beyond that, uh, Nikki, because the laws of attraction organize all that. Do you know what I mean? Like. If, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. You just, George wants to know about what it's like to have a car wreck, too. Yeah, but those would be the people who are in alignment with that, with that right. option. Right. So you just, but you got to be right. willing to let them. And yeah. we we have a not letting things, allowing things thing problem around mm-hmm. here. And uh, you know, I don't know. I I had seven fender benders in one year once. <laughs> well, and and. Woo. You know, it's like the George and the GPS. I punched it long enough. It it said, "Okay, here we go." Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it, and uh, we wound up having fun. We laughed our way through it, so it was okay. But um, it it. I guess I just I just having the wreck or not having the wreck, neither one's really necessarily better. It, what's this better? They're just different. You know, yeah. I'm glad, you know, Billy Bob had a wreck, so I don't have to. Well, I'll read about it in Billy Bob's book. <laughs> yeah. I guess I have a great faith in who we really are. And and I don't come by that lightly. I, I, well, I went through the Cedar Fire in San Diego, which was, I don't know if you remember it, but it was huge. And um, it was before there was any organized response to something like that. There was no FEMA involved. There was no reverse 911. And it was all the backcountry, very much like where you live, Nikki. There was the Cleveland National Forest and the State Park. And and um, and it just happened overnight with Santa Ana's that were going at like 115 miles an hour. And everybody just moved organically. Everybody just, yeah. just followed their instincts we we didn't by the second day we didn't have any tv or phone lines or anything like that and people were getting their animals out and 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 right it lasted like five days you know and 
and at the end, uh, people on the first night were surprised, and there were some deaths that first night, but not after that. And it burned over 300,000 acres and 3,000 homes. And everybody just kind of came back, and they rolled up their sleeves, and and they just started, you know, getting getting their, just doing things, helping each other. There was no water. There were no phones, nothing, you know. And everybody just moved through it just gorgeously. I mean, just gorgeously. And then with subsequent fires, they started, of course, now blaming why did this happen? How could this have been prevented? And and then 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 more rules and more police and and now we had to weed whack 150 feet from the houses and you know I didn't go out there to weed whack nature I went out there to live in it you know and and so I, I just watch how it everybody constricts after that without looking at how beautifully they moved through a really huge event very organically and. Um, and nobody looked at that. They just layered on more rules and more laws. And <laughs> yeah, well, it just makes rule breakers. Is all you do when you make rules. You just make rule breakers because people generally do what they're going to do anyway. Um, you know, they did they did studies and people drove certain speeds on roads and you can put up speed limit sign. They had a tendency to drive the same speed they drove back before there were signs on it. Yeah, they drive the way they feel okay driving on that piece of road uh you know four lanes divided with a big boulevard and there's not houses on either side it's just wilderness on either side and you put up a sign that says 30 miles an hour nobody's doing that right and it it and that's, it, it is it's let's that it. end result of that survival instinct that makes the inventory of things that could go wrong well the the, the next step is okay we're now going to make a rule against each and every one of those instances right and it, it that's like it makes us it makes us lazy thinkers and it separates us from our instincts and well that's, i think that's i the think bottom it's, line it's, it. it's it's like um it's like those street signs that tell you it's okay to cross now or and and no don't walk now it's like you, they encourage you to disconnect from your your knowing um and so you don't look either way and so it's like you have this connection that's guiding you all the time towards your well-being. And every one of these rules disconnects you from that knowing so that you can have this false sense of safety. You know, it's like, what a trap. Right. It is a huge trap. And um, I'm heartened to know that things are changing. I, I really am because I see it all the time, not just on the show, but out in the world as well. And I think that we are going to get to a time when those rules are just going to fall away because people aren't going to need them anymore. Right. And um, I'm I'm enjoying the transition, but at the same time, I have uh, there's I see, there's a great deal of humor in in the rules that we do still have and in some of the newest ones they've tried to come out with. It's almost funny. Well, no, it's not almost funny. It is funny. And all you can do really is look at it and shake your head and go, oh my goodness, you know it's kind of the last, the last like raw of the, the old energy. Hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, my favorite one of these things that they do a scientific study on to discover. Oh, isn't that and, a ride? And, and then act like 
it was something profound, you yeah. know, that they discovered just now. Uh, I saw a study recently where they determined through experimentation that the coral reefs will survive global warming, but <laughs> only if humans stop meddling with them. <laughs> and right? because they like tried all kinds of ways that we were going to prop them up, and all of those experiments, the coral all died. But the one where we left it alone, it died back. It changed character. It bent around, but it made it. It just evolved. Fine. It just, you know, um, uh, the the butterfly coming out of the cocoon that you help it and then its wings don't ever inflate, right? Because it has to do what it has to do. Did you happen? Did you happen to see on Facebook today? Um, there was a picture of two ears of corn. Two pictures, each had the same two ears of corn. One was GMO and the other one was not. In the first picture, they all had their full kernels of corn. And then the second picture was after the squirrels had eaten all the kernels off of the non-GMO and they only ate a little bit off of the GMO, right? So, I, Mr. I, squirrel knows. Yeah, the squirrel knows. So I, I shared that and I said, this just speaks volumes. And, and somebody responded on there and said, I wonder if they've done a scientific experiment to prove that. And I went, really? I, had, I couldn't hold myself back. I said, Really? Really, a scientific experiment that the squirrel actually wouldn't eat it? That's not scientific? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not real enough for you? What? We're going to have to interview the squirrel? Uh, <laughs> what would that look like? I, I mean, I just I couldn't believe he even asked that question. And That's so illogical to me. <laughs> See, and this is what we were talking about. Yeah, that's so illogical. Why would you invest millions of dollars to do a scientific hoo-ha when you know that your preconceived notions are going to affect the experiment outcome anyways, when Mother Nature is very clearly telling you that yeah. this is how it is. Yeah. And I'm t if an animal won't eat it, I ain't putting it in my mouth. Exactly. Exactly. You know, these pictures of people now Pretty that basic. have kept you know burgers from fast food places for like a year oh isn't that and, scary and the mold and mildew haven't even eaten them <laughs> they'll eat anything they'll eat us they don't care exactly exactly if it's dead they'll eat it but not that woo not that stuff i just think it's amazing how far how far we've been talked out of our naturalness i mean I, if if applied spirituality is different in any way from anybody else's voice it's about we are natural creatures. We are included just like the weeds and the trees and the critters. And we're perfectly provided for and we're perfectly adaptable. Just get your ego mind out of the way and it's all good. <laughs> so, and this it, is, this is, it, it all works. Apply. It does work. And, and this help. is why I, I love, love your website so much. And the name that you've chosen, because it really, to me, it's, it's essentially the same thing as Everyday Connection. Yeah. And you've taken what we've taken, and you've seen it the same way. And you've said, this is a totally natural thing. And that's been my biggest message right from day one, and why we never like the word guru on this show. Because anybody who's telling you that they are doing something that you can't do, and they're communicating in a way that you can't 
communicate, and they have to be the voice and the translator and the hoo-ha and the this and the that. It's so much BS. Yeah. You know, and and yet here you are with this. This is everyday stuff. It's right. everyday stuff. You can you can apply it to your drive to work. You can apply it to finding a parking spot. You can apply it to knowing that when you go to the store, like I did yesterday and wanted to buy a vacuum cleaner, <laughs> I knew exactly what vacuum cleaner I wanted, and I knew damn well it was going to be on special. And sure enough, I walked into the store, and it was $40 off its regular price. And it, 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 like you said about the traffic lights, you know, you see in these movies that the hackers make the traffic lights all turn green, mm-hmm. and so all the cars run into each other. Well, it, try that with a couple of herds of horses. Get them running right at each other, head on. See yeah. if they run into each other. No. They, the, the two herds can pass right through each other. Exactly. And nobody even stumbled. Yeah. But if you train that herd to not go, except when the light's green, you could get them to run right over each other because they'll quit believing that they know where to step. Have you guys read the book Merle's Door by Ted Carasote? Mm, not not ringing a bell. Well, I'm recommending it highly. It, it Merle is a dog that he found in a national park, I think in Arizona, and he's kind of a an extreme sport kind of guy. And so he finds this wild dog, and um, so they take him on the the raft trip with them. And Merle is, you know, very he's extraordinary, but he's actually found his his person, and so. He, uh, Ted takes him home, and his home is um, outside of Jackson Hole, out in the wilderness. And so, you know, Merle has to learn how to, he goes hunting with them and all these different things. But the big breakthrough for Ted is when he decides that Merle gets to choose the kind of life he wants to live as well. And he puts a dog door in for for his dog to come and go as he pleases. And I just was, like, thrilled with this because I have a cat that I live in an apartment, and he has a cat door. And this is the only free animal in the entire complex. And he's got a mission. He goes out, and he visits all the shut-in dogs and cats, and they don't get to be free. They don't get to have a life of their own. And and, um, But the the relationship that he, he forges out with this dog is, unspeakably beautiful and so i just totally recommend talking we're talking about no rules this is where this goes with me but i know I, how how happy my cat woody is because he has his own life and he comes back in at weird hours and and sometimes he doesn't come home all night and he reminds me to let go and know that he's in his own well-being as well as i'm in my own well-being and so I don't know why I got on this tangent. I think it was about rules. Actually, rules, yeah. No, it, 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 it's a perfect example. It is, and and it's something that um, my own husband and I were discussing for the summer. Those floppy screen doors that you go through and they automatically close. Yeah. Because we have we have three dogs and a cat, and our dogs are fairly big dogs, so a doggy door for them would be pretty much the same size as a human door. Um, but we want, for the summer, we want to give them that so that for the summer they can go in and out whenever they please because they should be allowed to do that. Yep, yep. 
Well, I can't. I I wish I had a little camera on this door because he he actually goes out and hunts. And last summer he brought in a rabbit that is, was as big as he was. Now I wish I could have had a video of him trying to get him and the rabbit through the cat door. Oh, I bet that was precious. Yeah, I wish I could have seen it, but anyway, he's he he's such a. I mean. He he won't eat regular cat food. I get him, you know, chicken livers from the grocery store or tuna in the can. And when that doesn't work, he just hunts fresh and he goes out and gets what he needs. And he's healthy and he's live and he's active and and he's present. And, you know, and then I look at these other animals and I think, oh, my God, you know, if they were just allowed to be natural creatures, they would be happier, you know, healthier. Oh yeah, and so yeah. would we. Yeah, well, so, and so would, would we. I mean, it's, uh, yes. Uh, Costa Rica again down there at the mango tree. The, uh, our hostess, uh, Rosemary McGregor, uh, amazing lady. She has four little poodles, and they go out with her. They stay in her house most of the time, but they'll go out with her, and they'll stop and they eat specific plants. They won't eat like just anything. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so she's like, checked the plants and looked them up, and they're healing plants listed for certain ailments and been used forever. And but the dogs just know. Yeah. Oh, that thing over there, I'm gonna get me some of that. Yeah. And they, so they don't have to know that that's an X Y healing plant for Z ailment. They mm-hmm. just oh, I have some of that. I think. <clears throat> But uh, uh, and and it, it can be that way, and I believe will be that way again, because yeah. uh, I believe it's been that way before. And I'm sure there's some indigenous folks on the planet that are going, "What? It's that way still? What are you talking?" Yeah. <sighs> what do you think? What do you think it? What do you think it's going to be like being in four dimension? I mean, I mean, it's not going to be. It's going to be a gradual movement into it, but. Let's spend a little time before we part just imagining what it looks like and feels like and um I I honestly don't think it's going to be that much different. Um in looking in our everyday lives, you know what I mean? We're still going to have families, cook food, live in homes and and all that stuff and I think we're still going to use a lot of the technology that we use today and that's going to be a natural progression as well and it's going to get more advanced and more close to us and more integrated into us but I think the big difference is going to be how we interact with one another and how we interact with our environment. There's going to be so much more give and take and so much more so, so much more just going with the flow. Uh, yeah. You know, I yeah. think of... I mean, meetings won't be scheduled anymore. Mm-hmm. They'll just happen. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. Um, you'll know that you'll be in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, time is not going to be really that important. Uh, you're just going to show up. And, we'll be talking yeah. on Skype and we'll be thinking about something that needs doing or we'd like to do or whatever and you know we ought to talk to old so-and-so and right then you know the little old, box old pops so up so pop up james screen just signed into skype and you know going hey you got a t- chance to talk sometime matter of fact 
got some chance to talk right now because we're just talking about you. Mm. Go, what? Really? What? <laughs> happens all the time. Happens. And, uh, happens in our everyday lives. It happens yeah. now in my husband's life, on the job, working. Um, and to many more family and friends that that you know too many to to name, but they're actually using this instinctual knowingness in their everyday lives, and it's it makes things so much easier and smoother. I, I think things are going to be uh, more collaborative. Um, I think we're going to be able to read each other's minds more. Uh, and we're going to know that what the other one's thinking and, and know that that's true, not, you know, I think we're going to be much more transparent. Um, Absolutely. 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 And I think there's things coming, uh, ideas and ways of doing things that we couldn't see now that we'll see then and wonder why we didn't think of it because it was so <laughs> Exactly. It'll be the yeah. uh, could have had a V8 moment where you smack your head and go, wow. Exactly. Why, why didn't I think of that? Wow. Yeah. Why right didn't I think of that? All the time. Totally. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, I think that uh, corporations and businesses are are going to be um, for the good of all. Everybody will be a stakeholder, not just the people with the debt, but Everybody will be uh, a stakeholder in a business. It will be win, 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 win. How, how can we do this so it's good for everybody? Um, and I think I think that's important, Kathy, that you brought that up because it's one of the things that we try to share with people all the time is in this vision. We don't see these structures as falling. We see them as shifting and changing. with everything else. And evolving with everything else, um, which is why I say – that the world really isn't going to be, like, when you look at it, the looking, if you were just stand back and look at it, it's not going to look that different, but it's going to operate in an entirely different way. It's going to be different. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But well, it's not going to look think, different. I don't think anything, everything has to shift because the people within it are going to shift. And as the people within it shift, then the forms and structures and the things we create are going to shift. We won't be able to do we things that to. are harmful. You know, we won't be able to say mean things. We won't be able to, I, I mean, as we become more and more uh, blended creatures with our, our God self, there just won't be a, those thoughts that were in 3D just won't be there anymore. Exactly. You just don't get the urge to get up and go do that at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's only at the right time. And speaking of time, because it's all the right thing, time. That dreadful thing. That dreadful thing. Uh, but so. we'd love to have you back sometime uh, to come play in our virtual sandbox again. Because oh, thank you. This has been lovely. I think we achieved our one and only goal for the show, which is to have fun. Yeah, uh, this was great. And for our podcast listeners who might not be near a screen, you can uh, put the link in the chat room. It'll be on our archive tonight, but you can find Kathy at AppliedSpirituality.com. Uh, and, um, uh, but, of course, links will be up uh, with the archive uh, sometime during the night, certainly by tomorrow. And uh, 
for the schedule, I'm going to do Jean's schedule because she's just about to not be able to breathe anymore. She's been a real trooper. I, you know, keep telling her, we'll rest and don't talk. And she's like, but, but, but. <laughs> um, she's so engaging. Yes, well, and, and, and on subject matter that's near and dear to your heart, I know. Uh, Absolutely. Next Tuesday, uh, Stefan Kutz will be with us. Uh, you may recall he had technical difficulties with his internet the last time he was supposed to be on. So, uh, But it was okay because it was that last night in Costa Rica we were having technical difficulties with our bodies wanting to keep going. Not. So it was perfect. And um, uh, But he'll be back with us to talk about his journey and how he developed uh, Stefan's mirror. Uh, and... Um, and then uh, Thursday, uh, Charles Gilchrist is going to be with us uh, to talk more about uh, sacred geometry and all the cool things that he's doing. So He's a very dear friend of mine. He lives here in Cleveland with me. It, isn't he no, just drop him a line and say you were just on the gorgeous. show. Yeah, we're going to have coffee tomorrow. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, that's Tell awesome. Say hi. hi for us. I yeah, will. I we're, will. We're, we're really looking forward to Thursday because I am a mathematical, uh, I view math from a fear-based space, oh. <laughs> and I have all my life, so I'm really excited because the last time we had Charles on the show for just a short, brief time that he was able to explain a little bit, I had an aha moment, so I can't wait to get him on here for 90 minutes because I know that he's going to just break that wide open for me, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Looking forward to having him back. So. Excellent going to be a big week folks and uh, and of course there's lots more to come the calendar's uh pretty much slapped full out through june so uh, you can find that on our website too at everydayconnection.me uh, or visit kathy at uh, appliedspirituality.com and sign up for her newsletter so that you can keep up with all the cool stuff she's doing and, and pick uh, up that book pick up that book come on now you know everybody's a pick up that book. beginner thing and, Sounds um, like fun. Um, so we hope that you will join us on Tuesday when Stefan Kutz is here. But until then. To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay connected. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much, guys. Good night. Thank you. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. 
make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.